Hello and welcome back to another in our series of podcasts on leadership lessons uh, where we, Eric Partners, uh, talk to leaders in the field of businesses, of charities and not-for-profit organisations, learning what we can from them about their careers and about um, their, their general hints and tips for success. Um, now, today I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. In this podcast, uh, it's a little bit of a cheat uh, because today we're going to be speaking uh, to someone specifically about search that Beric Partners is currently working with our guest on. So this is a conversation which is slightly more focused on a particular organisation and a particular search. So ultimately, I, I hope that, that your interest in this particular appointment is peaked and that if it sounds of interest uh, based on this uh, this really amazing conversation with an amazing person in my view uh, that you'll consider putting your forward uh, an application um, more details will will follow on how to do that at the end of the podcast um, but first it's you know going to be worthwhile um, dissolving the um, the, the, the mysticism about who it is that I'm going to speak to. Um, it's uh, it's a uh, Professor David Grayson CBE, uh, and the focus of the conversation is um, on David's capacity as the chair of the Institute of Business Ethics, and we're helping the IBE to find its new chief executive officer. Now, David has, as I've already said, an absolutely incredible career which takes in executive positions and non-executive positions uh, in organisations far and wide, many of whom are household names, or many of which are household names, Um, some of which include uh, business in the community, uh, Business Link, which weirdly enough I used to work for back in the day, (laughs) Um, uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, Carers UK, of which he was chair, Leonard Cheshire, of which, again, David was chair. Um, he's just a genuinely remarkable individual with an exceptional career, in my obvious humble opinion. And I'm not just saying this because David has recently uh, has appointed us as his uh, um, search partner. So I'm genuinely delighted absolutely delighted to be working with David and to speak in him today. So, yet again enough of my absolute waffle and without further ado I would like to introduce Professor David Grayson CBE Chair of the Institute of Business Ethics. So David thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today it's a it's a real pleasure to to um uh, to meet with you and and obviously to be working with you over the next uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Now you've you've been chair of the uh, the IBE uh, the Institute of Business Ethics for nearly 5 years. Um so I think it would be a good place to start with uh, to, if you could just tell me what, what what is it that inspires you most about working with the IBE and uh, and in particular how would you describe the charity's role in the the contribution it makes to the business sector's growth and uh, an overall sustainable improvement, particularly the sustainable improvement. So I really like the way you frame that, Tom, in terms of working to help businesses to sustainably improve, because that's very much the way that we think about these things. So we're not in any way anti-business, we're not anti-profit, we're not anti-capitalism or anything like that. On the contrary... We are big supporters of business run well. We're big supporters of profits which are genuine profits and profits which are made fairly 
and decently. And that's why we're passionate about the idea that at the heart of good, successful, long-term business is having a really strong ethical business framework. So everyone connected with the business is very clear, this is what is expected of me in my interactions with fellow employees, with customers, with suppliers, with competitors, with society around. This is how the business expects me and wants me to behave. That's absolutely at the heart of what, what we're about. As you say, I have been chair now for almost five years. The time has gone very quickly, particularly, obviously, with the COVID challenges and all the lockdown challenges. I think what really excites me and inspires me about working in the IBE, leading the board of the Institute, is, first of all, fellow trustees, some great people with some really strong commitment to what we're about, our International Advisory Council, which we have just done a further refresh of and just brought in a number of additional people to represent different stakeholder interests in terms of business ethics. Of course, working with our very small but very hard-working, very dedicated staff team and with our supporters and partners. And yeah, that's um, an excellent segue, David, into my next question, which is about the supporters. So the, the relationship that IBE has with its supporters, I would say, is um, uh, is is absolutely critical. It's an integral that the, the, the success of both are, are intertwined. So could you just explain how um, IBE collaborates um, with your supporters uh, to create this conducive environment for their success that we've already discussed? So the IBE has been working with businesses, both in this country and internationally, for almost 40 years, helping businesses to explore what it means to do business ethically, to be a strong ethical business. We engage with our supporters in various different ways. Obviously, we encourage supporters to take part in all of our different events, the webinars, the face-to-face meetings. We have specialist groups for a number of different business sectors. So, for example, our chairs of the culture committees of the boards of the banks who come together very regularly. We have a specialist group for the defence industry. We have one for utilities and so on. And we bring together on a regular basis the chief or heads of ethics and compliance of our largest supporters on a regular basis to have debates where that's around, for example, what's the latest good practice in running a network of ethics ambassadors inside your business or whatever it it might be. We also, of course, through the staff team, are regularly meeting on a one-to-one basis with supporters in terms of helping to understand what are the issues facing individual supporters We work very often with individual supporters in terms of doing a review of their code of ethics or doing a general health check on how they are getting on with building an ethical culture. We've just introduced a new benchmarking service, which we are very excited about because we believe it will both help businesses to see where there are opportunities to further develop in terms of their own commitments around doing business ethically, and it will also help us to understand where perhaps more good practice guidance or further research is needed. And we, thanks to our outgoing director, um, Ian, who will be uh, retiring from the IBE in September, 
thanks to, to Ian's innovation, we now have a, an annual meeting with supporters where we lay out our plans for the following year and canvas views, check that these are the priorities that we've heard correctly from those supporter companies. Just on to the, the sort of the, the subject of business ethics more broadly. So the concept of a of this in inverted commas a corporate good citizen or a good corporate citizen I beg your pardon is has really evolved particularly I think since in the last five years certainly um, now what would you say in, in your experience uh, as uh, what do you feel are the major factors that that IBE in particularly needs to be alive to so that it it can continue to make this contribution and and really position the corporate sector specifically the corporate sector as this dynamic and forward-looking pioneer for ethics and good citizenship? I think what you're talking about there, Tom, is what are some of the, the issues that we really need to have on our radar screen if we're going to continue to be relevant and offering the kinds of good practice guidance and forum for, for debate that we aspire to be? In no particular order, I think the whole question about how do organisations successfully navigate a four, maybe even in the future, five-generation workforce with different expectations of what it is to, to work in a large organisation, different expectations at different stages of your career, and so on. And, of course, in particular, I think younger people being much more questioning about how do you really prove that you are an ethical business, and you do business ethically. That's why we have launched what I'm very excited about and board colleagues are very excited about, which is our Future Leaders project, where we're talking to next generation employees from supported companies and elsewhere to understand exactly how they think about business ethics. And when they hear the phrase, we aspire to do business ethically, what they understand by that, what do businesses have to do if they're really going to demonstrate that they are being an ethical business as far as the next generation is concerned. I think undoubtedly, an issue that is going to become more and more important is how do organisations, and not just the big tech companies, though they're obviously very important in this, but how do organisations generally introduce and take advantage of the undoubted opportunities of artificial intelligence, but do so safely and ethically. And that, I think, is only going to, to, to grow. And, of course, um, for me, there's an important question around if we really want to have an engaged and empowered culture which is, I think is absolutely essential for successful organisations where people will give of their, their discretionary effort and ideas and will come forward with practical suggestions. How do you harness what some people call the collective intelligence inside and outside an organisation? If you really want to do that, then how does having a strong ethical culture really create the right kind of foundation for what you want to achieve? I think those are some of the, the obvious issues that we're going to be spending more time on in the next few years. Right, and, and we're here, obviously, the, the reason that we're speaking today, or the key reason, um, is to talk about the IBE's um, uh, 
new appointment of its chief executive officer, which is, uh, as you've already mentioned, is replacing Ian, who stands down in in September of this year. So let's talk a little bit about the the this this appointment and and how do you, as chair, envision uh, that it will contribute to IBE's ability to really push forward in its in its ambitions to achieve its its objectives and goals. So first off, and there will be further opportunities later in 2024 for us to say a proper thank you to Ian Peters, who is our current director and is very much in post until the, the handover in, in, in September. Ian's done a great job for us, not least carrying us through successfully the COVID period and all the lockdowns and helping us to, to switch, as so many other organisations had to do as well overnight from being almost entirely face-to-face events and activities to entirely virtual for a period. Ian's done a great job also in terms of reviving and refreshing our offer to businesses and also has really pushed hard on our advisory services and championed a number of, of our new projects. So big thank you to, to Ian. But we're, and not just now me, but more importantly, all of the, the board are really excited about the opportunities to work with Berwick Partners and to find a worthy successor to Ian, who is going to take the IBE into the next stage of our development. They will be helping us through our 40th anniversary and into our fifth decade. And we have really some exciting opportunities, I believe, in that fifth decade for the Institute, both in the UK and internationally. Wonderful. And then finally, just to, I guess this is a, a question for the long term. And and obviously in my notes, I've, I've written a very lengthy sort of prose-like question. But ultimately, it really boils down to what does success look like for the board? Let's say your new chief executive starts um, five years down the line. You They can turn to, to you and turn to the board and say, right, I feel like I've done a good job. What will that look like? Well, of course, Where that will, that will be, be a question more for my successor. Um, we may have you back in another role in due course helping to, to find um, my successor. But what I think the board as a whole, and this is something where I think we're united very much with, with our staff team on this. I think we see the Institute of Business Ethics as having a kind of triple A function. So we are an advisor, we are an authority, and we're an advocate around business ethics. And if we're going to be really successful, we need to raise the profile of the Institute of Business Ethics in the business media in particular, with businesses, particularly in boardrooms, which is why it's so important that we publicise the new guidance for boards that we consulted on last year, and with the help of a number of FTSE chairs and board directors, developed that guidance for boards about the kind of things that they need to be thinking about when it comes to ethical business. So we need to get in front of more boards. And I'm very keen to see how can we work with business representative organisations, with organisations championing good practice in terms of management and, and leadership development, and with some of the, the key professional bodies, how do we work with those organisations so that they can effectively be multipliers of our message 
so that our three roles as advisor, authority and advocate can be amplified to many more business people, to many more businesses over the next few years. And that's very much the task that the new CEO, whoever he or she may be, we want to help us to really, and, and, and to lead leaders in, in doing. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So uh, an incredibly exciting time uh, for IBE. And um, thank you very much once again for, for your time in this. Um, Professor David Grayson, thank you. Thank you. So I'd like to thank David once again for joining us and for talking with such clarity and enthusiasm about IBE and uh, what the board are looking to achieve through their appointment of a new chief executive officer i do hope that you've found this as interesting as and informative as we hope and that ultimately uh, i guess to be honest that it inspires you to make an application um my team and i are of course on hand if you've got any more questions so please feel free to direct all inquiries to directly to me uh, my email address is thomas ewan at berwickpartners.co.uk that's thomas.ewan at berwickpartners.co.uk or feel free to give me a call you can find my full contact details as well as the full job description on our website which is um, berwickpartners.co.uk and um, I guess if you've made it this far into the podcast I'm assuming that you must be pretty interested in this really genuinely incredible role so I'd like to encourage you to to I guess uh, stop whatever you're doing as you're listening to this if you're working out then stop the treadmill if you're on the train uh, get off at the next station even if it's not yours if you're playing with your kids uh, then maybe you could uh, switch on Netflix the age old babysitter and grab yourself a cup of coffee and then send over a copy of your CV and your covering statements uh, to me because honestly I mean it sounds a bit of a cliche but uh, chances like this don't come along all the time Uh, this is one of those roles that can genuinely have a huge impact on the society that we live in and um, and ultimately impact the power of business to lead the way on good citizenship so I really do that we hope that we hear from you and please if you have any more questions please don't hesitate to contact me again so thanks to David thanks to you have a lovely day